It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, friends? Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast brought to you by Pepsi, who want to remind you that thanks to a lack of natural ability, fewer or even commitment, or even overbearing sports parents for that matter, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever get the chance to play professional football. That's why instead of entering the NFL, they join another league, and that's the League of Football Watchers. And this football season, of course, has been different, but Pepsi is always here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch it, because Pepsi is made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. What's going on, friends? Welcome to the final episode of the calendar year of 2020. It's hard to believe, and in a way pretty relieving, that we have finally made it to the end of this crazy year. Billy Rossetti of SI Panthers with you here to wrap up 2020, and of course, almost wrapping up the 2020 regular season. It is, of course, crossover Thursday. It is the final crossover of the season. This is myself. It is Ross Jackson. We are coming at you later. Well, in a little bit, we will be coming at you. But, uh, of course, we got a couple of news and notes to get to as well, at least in terms of the injury report. We'll skim through that. Uh, Of course, the big story coming out of the injury report is that Christian McCaffrey, unsurprisingly, has been ruled out for... Sunday's finale against the New Orleans Saints. In fact, there were seven players that did not practice on Wednesday. Christian McCaffrey, of course, was one of them. And then after Wednesday's practice, head coach Matt Rule did confirm that Christian McCaffrey will not play on Sunday. So McCaffrey's season officially ends with just three games having been played. Of course, the first two games of the season against the Raiders and the Buccaneers. And then, of course, he came back week nine against the Chiefs. And that was it. He's going to miss a total of 13 games between those three injuries, the shoulder, the uh, or excuse me, the high ankle sprain, the shoulder, and the thigh. So, unsurprisingly, we talked about how he probably should have been shut down. The Panthers tried to get him out there, it seems like, but it just did not work. So, McCaffrey season officially in the books. The other six players that did not practice, uh, interestingly enough, Mike Davis also did not practice with an ankle injury. So all of a sudden the Panthers starting to get a little thin here at the final week of the season. If Mike Davis can't go and the way they're talking, uh, Mike Davis probably will not play either. In fact, Davis is in a walking boot And head coach Matt Rule does not expect him to play on Sunday. So that would leave Rodney Smith uh, most likely being at the head of the group in terms of the running back position. 
Also expect to see Trenton Cannon, Miles Hartsfield, who of course we know has gotten some running back snaps and playing both sides of the ball. And then of course, as we've seen throughout the season, Curtis Samuel can get some snaps as well at the running back position. So that's what we could start to see here uh, at the or at the running back position going into the uh, the final week, the final week of the season. So. You know, unsurprisingly, a lot of players banged up. That's what you get at Week 17. Other than the running backs, Robbie Anderson missed practice with a groin injury. Brian Burns missed with that shoulder injury. I don't expect Brian Burns to play. You know, it's possible Robbie Anderson might not play either. I mean, Week 17, get these guys rested and let them just start getting ready for 21, especially Brian Burns. We talked about shutting him down as well. Russell Okung, still dealing with that calf injury. Uh, we discussed earlier in the week, too, this will probably open the door for Matt Kasky, who just got brought up from the practice squad, to get the start at left tackle because, of course, Trent Scott was placed on injured reserve. Troy Pride Jr. did not practice with a hip injury, and John Miller out Wednesday with a shoulder injury. So... Uh, a lot of players getting banged up here. Um, like we talked about, Matt Kasky could get the start. Michael Schofield still there. And even, uh, we'll even mention Aaron Montiero as another option at the left tackle position. So a, uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, injuries there. Again, unsurprisingly, dealing with it is week 17. So, uh, but those seven did not practice, and then a few player, a couple of players were limited in practice, including Alex Armour with a thigh injury and F.A. Obata with a shoulder injury, and then four players were full participants Thursday, or excuse me, Wednesday. Uh, Yito Grossmados with a shoulder injury, Marquise Haynes with a shoulder, Natural Jamerson with a hip injury, and Austin Larkin with a shoulder injury. As far as the Saints are concerned, they only had two players miss practice Wednesday. That was tight end Josh Hill with a hand injury and safety Marcus Williams with an ankle injury. Trey Hendrickson with a neck injury, Latavius Murray with a quad injury, and David Yamada with a knee injury were all limited Wednesday. And then Nick Easton coming back from the concussion, Andrews Pete with an ankle injury, and Malcolm Brown with a calf injury were all full participants on Wednesday. So... That's where things stand as far as the injury report. Uh, and again, the big note is that Matt Rule did confirm that Christian McCaffrey will not play on Sunday, which of course officially ends his season with just three games played. So that's kind of the catch up here with the news and notes. Before we get into the final crossover of 2020. I want to remind you guys that this episode is being brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. College football knee-deep in the bowl season as we are getting close to the college football playoffs. NFL Week 17, of course, some big matchups coming up, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust for betting big and winning big, and that's betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag, use a promo code locked on when signing up for your free account, and you get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. You know, six uh, Saints minus six and a half was the latest line we see is as far as 
uh, bet online is concerned. So if you want to bet on that, or if you want to bet on, again, the college football playoffs coming up, obviously a lot of the big games, New Year's Day, a lot of good stuff coming up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to get your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, guys, betting on the NFL or the Panthers, the Saints, whatever the case may be, it doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. What's going on, guys? Billy Rossetti, Ross Jackson with you here on the final crossover Thursday of the regular season. Sob, sob tear. <laughs> but we're going out with a bang. I've been looking forward to this one since uh, since the first time we got together. And Ross, always a, always a joy to talk with you, man. You're one of my boys here. You know that. Oh, man. You know how much I love being able to chop, chop it up with you as well, dude. Glad to be here. I'm glad that we made it to week 17. There was doubt yeah. that we would get here, but here we are and on time at that. Yeah, I will freely admit I I am glad to be wrong on this. I was one of those people back in the summer. I was like, I don't know how the NFL is going to do this. Hey, you know, they might be able to get 12 weeks in, but I will happily be wrong on mm-hmm. that and happily enjoy being here in week 17 and actually the last season now uh unofficially of uh week 17 being the last week right right yeah eventually just starting next year we'll move to a 17th game here the saints will figure mm-hmm. out who they're going to play after this week it looks like it would be the titans or the uh colts yep yeah they matched up the afc south with the nfc south so the panthers are either going to get the texans or good old Trevor Lawrence. So mm. we'll see which uh, which way that ends up going. So should be very interesting. But we got one final game to talk about here. Week 17, the Panthers hosting the Saints 425 on Sunday on Fox. Panthers at this point playing for pride, trying to play a little bit of spoiler. Saints, of course, fighting for that number one scene. I think that's where I'm going to start with you, Ross. Is, mm-hmm. um, looking for now... You know, obviously they're focused on this game, but I think one of the the first things we have to talk about is, you know, what's the the mindset of, you know, what's what's the feeling around the Saints going into this game, going into the playoffs, especially coming off what was an incredible performance on Christmas Day against the Minnesota Vikings. 
Yeah, I mean, that was an incredible Christmas gift right there. That's yes, for sure. <laughs> um, look, I mean, for them, they very much believe that the number one seed is still in play. They control their destiny in terms of being in that conversation by winning on Sunday. And so they intend to go in and play their starters and win this game. I mean, that that's the hope for them. They're not going to sit back and leave it to chance and potentially fall back to the third seed. They want that number two seed, if nothing else. And they're still in, you know, swinging distance of that uh, of that number one seed. But none of that matters in terms of all the other scenarios and elements that have to play out in order for them to get there if they don't win on Sunday. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. This is this is definitely a big one. Of course, the scenario for the Saints, they have to beat the Panthers. They need the Packers to lose to the Bears and they need the Seahawks to beat the 49ers because, of mm-hmm. course, the Saints cannot win a two-way tie with the Green Bay Packers because of that loss in week three. But I want to kind of talk about a little bit about what the Saints have done since you and I last spoke about, what, two or so months ago, almost Mm -hmm. three months ago. Um, Obviously, one of the big stories with the Saints over the last few weeks was, of course, the injury to Drew Brees. Taysom Hill comes in, gets the start, and does pretty well for the first couple weeks. But then Bit of a blip there against the Philadelphia Eagles in week 14 and what turned out to be one of the the bigger upsets. And of course, Drew Brees comes back week 15, nearly knocks off the Chiefs. So Mm -hmm. how what was the feeling throughout all that? What what, how did you feel about Taysom Hill as he kind of got his feet wet? And then, um, you know, Drew Brees kind of surprised. We didn't expect him back so soon, but um, it looked to be a really good timing. What's kind of guide us through that whole uh those few weeks i guess we'll say yeah i mean i think you saw pretty hot and cold performances from Taysom hill um i don't think there was anything that was too terribly detrimental about any of his performances and then at the same time there's nothing that's going to make you insert him in the he's a hall of famer in the in the future conversation or anything like that which makes sense for a guy who's only played four started four games in his nfl career uh, and who didn't have an offseason to input a, uh, a game plan or anything like that. Um, look, Locked on Saints listeners know I'm, I'm critical of Taysom Hill, but I'm also happy to give Taysom Hill credit. I mean, he still, regardless of how he performed uh, on the granular level, he was still 3-1 and one in those games without Drew Brees, so he still led that team. He still played well. There are just some things he doesn't have in his arsenal yet, an inability right now just in terms of knowledge of the the offense and and, and running the, the hurry-up offense and the two-minute drill. Those are things that he doesn't yet have in his back pocket yet. So once he gets those things, he'll inherently be a better quarterback based on his ability to be able to uh, fluctuate flow, game flow and things like that and be able to speed up the pace when it's necessary. Getting Drew Brees back, he had the Philadelphia Eagles game targeted. There was no way he was going to make it back for that after that Philadelphia Eagles game. Uh, ended up being a disappointing loss for the Saints. I have very little doubt that Drew Brees didn't just tell everybody I'm coming back, but he also was cleared by the doctors. They knew on Sunday after the game that they were going to have him on that following, you know, on that next game uh, against Kansas City. So it wasn't a decision that was like just made on Friday or anything like that, just having that the news broke on Friday. And then, you know, a good portion of what you saw from him was still very good ball placement, him making a very deep pass down the field to Emmanuel Sanders. He's attacking a little bit more beyond the uh, 10-yard line, 20-yard line, or or 20 yards, 10 yards down from the line of scrimmage than he is in the short or intermediate range that we're used to seeing. So there are some things that you're seeing from him right now that show sort of a sign of second life from him as he comes back, and it seems very excited to have him for the playoff run. Absolutely. and. Um, 
like you know, like you said, Drew Brees, pretty definitely some good games the last couple weeks, but boy, Alvin Kamara, what a Ooh. Christmas gift on on Friday against the Vikings and all of, of course happy uh your merry belated Christmas to you and mm-hmm. uh getting ready for the new year with you. What explain to us how how in the world that happened? Like how was <laughs> Alvin Kamara able to have just so much success against the Vikings on Christmas Day. Yeah, I mean, I think you you have to give Alvin Kamara credit for his individual performance, of course, but then you also have to look at the offensive line. The offensive line continuously reset the line of scrimmage. They were moving not only vertically, but there were times where they reset it horizontally to the other side of the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teron Armstead was an absolute bully in this game. He gave somebody an all-expenses-paid trip back to Minnesota at one point. He was outstanding. Um, Alvin Kamara was never touched in the backfield. He also never touched the ball outside of a first or a second down, and he only touched the ball six times on second down. So all of the damage that he did was in obvious run situations on first down. It was pretty incredible watching this. The efficiency, all of it was there for Alvin Kamara. All of it was there for the offensive line, and it came in the same game where the Saints had a 300-yard passer two 80-yard receivers, and another 70-plus-yard rusher as well. So that entire offense really clicked in that game up against this mostly depleted Minnesota defense. But again, teams play against depleted defenses every week and don't have performances like that. Like somebody's got to play the Jets every week, right? And none of them have had that performance before. So a really good showing by the Saints offense in that one. Absolutely, and definitely delivered a lot of Christmas gifts in terms of early fantasy championships. So if you had him and Tom Brady... You were pretty much set before Sunday even got going. Yeah. Looking not to mention the- not to mention the money that I cleaned up thanks to betonline.ag too with that minus six and a half hey, spread. There <laughs> you go. Absolutely. Looking ahead now to the playoffs, obviously ideally for the Saints, they want to get the number one seed, but um should they not get the number one seed, which of the the potential wildcard matchups for the Saints would you say is the best for them, what might be the worst, and what would you say overall would be the best draw for them uh, to the Super Bowl? Yeah, best for me would be the Chicago Bears because they're just Mm -hmm. massively inconsistent. Their variance is so, so large. Uh, So I would say them, uh, plus, you know, not a playoff quarterback, all of that. Uh, Probably next for me would be Arizona Cardinals. The, you know, they, they have a lot of variance as well. But having that mobile quarterback in DeAndre Hopkins, that's, of course, a pair of huge pieces there. And then the last and I think worst matchup for the Saints would be to see the Tampa Bay Bucks again. It's just tough to beat a team three times in a season. And like Tom Brady in the playoffs, like you have to give him that respect. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Uh, Good stuff there. I think we're ready to flip it around. And I guess it's time for me to go on the hot seat for the final time this year. So let's do it. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a moment. But look, I I have to tell you, you know, when it comes down to being fit and everything, that has been a big part of what I've been trying to do during this time during the uh, during the pandemic. And I think I've been doing okay. I've uh, I've been getting a little bit of help, though, from our good friends over at Built Bar. I know you love Built Bars as well. Mm hmm. These things have Absolutely. been insane. They're insanely good. They taste like candy bars, but they are protein bars. You can get 17, 18, 19 grams of you know uh, protein there, but also only take on four or five grams of sugar, four or five grams of net carbs as well. They are really just this really awesome snack that you can take with you to like get a quick snack, get a quick bite in, pre-workout, post-workout in some occasions and everything as well. 
and uh, for me, they've just helped me get to the place to where, you know, I build my confidence with these a little bit, having these built bars because Bill, I am atrociously ugly. And so whatever I can do <laughs> to help myself by having these protein bars, incredibly helpful, incredibly helpful. So I'm so grateful for the help that Built Bars has given my ugly behind. And I really recommend them. And Bill and I obviously recommend them to everybody to go and check them out. Check them out over at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off of your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. I'm telling you, best tasting protein bars there are. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, y'all, if you're looking for a fun Sunday pregame show that takes just about every game and every team and talks about them in depth, check out the Locked On NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern time. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football every Sunday morning with your host, Cody Roark of Locked On Broncos, and myself, Ross Jackson, me from Locked On Saints. Follow and subscribe to Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And don't forget to turn on notifications to be notified when the show goes live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. So, Bill, as we roll along here with our final regular season crossover... Uh, I have to ask, because I think that a lot of people are just kind of writing this off as a win for the Saints. A lot of people saying, it's a Carolina Panthers team. They've got nothing to play for, things like that. I tend to contend that the Saints, excuse me, that the Panthers do have something to play for at the end of this season. Matt Rule, new coach, wants to establish a winning culture. Don't want to go out with a loss on your season. Joe Brady, getting some of that head coach offseason conversation, murmurs already early. Young talent to evaluate. Would you agree that the Panthers are a threat here in this game and have something, at least some motivation to go out there and try to play spoiler to the Saints? Yeah, I mean, if they were going to kind of lay down and not really show any fight, I think we would have seen it last week. But they went out and they prevented the Washington football team from winning the NFC East. And now, of course, Washington has to win on Sunday. And I mean, that's the type of win, you know, I don't. I don't want to focus too much, but I'm just using week 16 to kind of illustrate Mm -hmm. this point a bit. That win last week for Carolina was, I think, a a very pivotal win for them in in the sense of, you know, this was a team that hadn't really figured out how to win. You know, they've been, of course, blowing some second half leads and whatnot, or, you know, whatever the case may be. And to win a game on the road in late December, you know, have the lead that they did and be able to hold on to it against a team that's fighting for the playoffs on their home field is is a big win for them. So yeah, the Panthers are going to fight like hell in this game. You know, they showed it a couple weeks ago. I thought they'd get the doors blown off them two weeks ago when they played the Packers. Mm -hmm. And it looked like that was going to happen. But it didn't. They rallied a bit in, in the second half and they only lost by eight points. You know, let's remember the Panthers have 10 losses. Only two of them have been more 
by or have been by more than eight points. Excuse right. me. And that was yeah. both games against the Buccaneers. Yeah, including even the New Orleans Saints game, which came down to a yep. literal six inches. <laughs> you know, yes. it came down to a, that that would would have been an NFL record field goal by Joey Sly, who I still yep. contend if he would have just them big old muscles, if he would have just punched the ball, he would have made it. But he kicked it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to ask too, like with this team having all of this to play for, potentially playing spoiler to an NFL NFC South division opponent, or, or keeping the Saints from sweeping, being the first team ever to sweep within the division as well. This, the Panthers are going to walk in here with no Mike Davis and with no Christian McCaffrey. So what's going to be the situation at the running back position? Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of, uh, you might see a little bit more Rodney Smith now, the undrafted okay. free agent out of Minnesota, who's gotten a little bit more playing time over the last couple of weeks. I've, I've started to become a bit of a fan. I, I liked him a bit coming out of Minnesota, and he's shown well the last couple of weeks. Uh, you're probably going to see trends in Cannon now a little bit. He had always kind of operated as the third running back, a special teamer, so you might see him a little bit. Uh, and then Miles Hartsfield is kind of their r- very dynamic player, we'll say, because he's able to play both sides of the ball because he's mm. got a good bit of playing time at the safety position as well. But he's, you know, he might get some snaps at the running back position as well. And then, of course, we've seen Curtis Samuel right. get, uh, get snaps there. And this is a big game, I think, for Curtis Samuel, too, because... He's going into a he's about to be a free agent. He's had a nice stretch the last few weeks. This could be that final money making game, we'll say, mm-hmm. for Curtis Samuel. So really intrigued what they're gonna do here at the running back position. But those are probably gonna be the uh the main names to look out for if Mike Davis can't go. Yeah, there's there's a defender on the Saints side, so at the same time that's gonna be in a similar situation with Quan Alexander being done for the rest of the season with mm-hmm. an Achilles tear. Alex Anzalone, very much in that same situation. Uh, who's you know a guy that's in a in a contract year that's going to look to try to limit all those guys that you just mentioned in order to make sure that he is back next season or at least picks up a good contract somewhere. Um, you know we every off season we do our ultimate divisional crossovers, which are always a ton of fun. We get to kick it with David and James and, and Aaron as well and chop it up about the NFC South. But let me get a little bit of a perspective from you real quick now about the future of the Carolina Panthers, just specifically what you think the Panthers are going to be able to most immediately improve upon going into next season with all this young talent and all of this talent now getting a a full season under their belt. Yeah, I'm excited. I think one position group I think I'm going to be excited to watch next season is going to be the defensive line because you've seen a lot of flashes now from a lot of these young guys. Obviously, mm-hmm. Derek Brown, their first round pick. Uh, Yito Gross Matos at the edge, and then um, Bravion Roy, their sixth-round pick, mm-hmm. got a good bit of playing time with K1 Short being out. So really excited to see what these guys do in year two. And then, of course, Brian Burns will be back for year three. He's already I like starting that to guy. Uh, oh, absolutely. He's I so mean, good. I will st- I will still pat myself on the back that I correctly nailed that pick in my <laughs> final mock two, uh, two seasons ago. I know it, it seemed crazy that he fell to 16, but... It was just the way the board kind of ended up stacking with some right. of these teams, but uh, that 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 front for the for the Panthers really excited to see them take the next step forward, and obviously Jeremy Chin in year two really excited to watch him continue to grow. So those are probably the biggest spots I'm most excited for, and then you know really intrigued what they do at the offensive line position, need some help there, and then I mentioned Curtis Samuel, Taylor Moten, they're two big free agents, and then of course. The quarterback position, right? Are they the rumblings? Are they going to take one in the top 10? You know, what are they going to do with Teddy Bridgewater? 
you know, obviously a long way to go to the draft, but that's going to be one of the more fun debates we're going to have over the next couple of months is will Carolina take a quarterback if they're in position to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, I'm not, Hey, you know, if they're looking to ship off Teddy Bridgewater, I know at least one city that would be more than happy to have him back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so let me switch over to the defensive side real quick before we wrap up here today with our crossover Thursday, uh, which we do every week here at the lockdown podcast network. But uh, third for, for this game, uh, for the Saints looking to, you know, keep this offense rolling from last week, what do you expect from the Carolina Panthers defense in A, them working to limit Alvin Kamara, who had 83 rushing yards against them last time that they met? Uh, and now, you know, with this quarterback and, and wide receiver situation for the Saints, no Michael Thomas, no Deontay Harris, no Traquan Smith. So you're going to be relying on Emmanuel Sanders and, and some of these other younger guys. What do you expect to see from the Carolina Panthers on the defensive side, whether it be from their own evaluation and what the coaching staff wants to see from them or in terms of their matchup with the Saints this week? Yeah, really curious to see you know, how they handle the defense. You know, we've seen Dante Jackson uh, finally be healthy here over the last few weeks of the season. Hadn't really seen that uh, for most most of the season. So excited to see him go out there and get, uh, you know, try to finish this third year on a high note after he's had what's now been two inconsistent years. Curious to see what they do with him, if they move him around uh, with Sanders or, you know, what they do there. Um, defense, you know, I mentioned the defensive line earlier, they've been up and down in terms of, uh, getting to the opposing quarterback. So, you know, we'll see if they can, uh, if they, you know, if they can make some moves here and get to Drew Brees and, you know, put some pressure on the, uh, on the offensive line here. And then, yeah, I, it's, it's going to be really fascinating how they try to, stop Alvin Kamar. I mean, I think, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't really have Jermaine Carter playing at the middle linebacker position the first time these two teams met. Now Carter's out there and, you know, the Panthers have looked a little bit better in the middle of the defense ever since Carter took over for Tiger Whitehead. So how they try to kind of corral Kamar, I guess we'll say is going to be really interesting, but yeah, I'm going to be curious how these uh these corners do because that's that's another position that Mm. this team might look to improve on so i I think that's going to be one spot to to really look out for is how these corners can handle uh this offense yeah that's going to be great i'm I'm really looking forward to this matchup i mean i think both of these teams have something to play for once they're out on the field on sunday this game did get flexed so that it could take place at the same time as the other games that are Mm -hmm. you know deciding nfc seating there's the tricky tricky nfl and the way that they do that, as they've they've really always done, like it's always been something that they've mm-hmm. wanted to do and make sure that those stay competitive. Uh, last time that I saw a spread over at BetOnline.ag, the Saints were that that line had moved up to Saints minus six and a half. So that's what you're looking at from the betting perspective here. And of course, you can always check out our friends over at BetOnline.ag. And I uh, always use that promo code locked on to get your 50% welcome bonus as well. Bill, always a pleasure, man. And uh, it won't be long until we, we we speak again once we get into our ultimate divisional crossovers and everything recapping the season. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy just how this year flew. Like like I said, it's amazing. We're here in week 17. Um, it's always kind of bittersweet wrapping up the regular season yeah. and these uh, these final crossovers. But um, if I had to choose one to finish up the regular season with, I'm always glad that it, it's you, man. So I, th- I think this is a couple years now in a row that we've wrapped it up, and yeah. know, I'm always excited that we get to 
we get to close it out here. Yeah, absolutely. Very same to you, my friend. A happy new year to you. Everybody make same sure you follow you. Bill on Twitter at Bill Rossetti on on uh, on Twitter. I don't know how many times I'm going to say Twitter. Uh, and then myself, <laughs> of course, at Ross Jackson. Nola, we appreciate you. And buddy, I always appreciate you. Absolutely. Same to you, man. You, like I said, you're one of my boys here. So always great catching up with you. Yeah, man. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.